Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 182, The Words About the Music. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Kane as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Did you say 181 episodes? 182. Episodes? 182. <laughs> I can't even keep track. That's amazing. Congratulations on that uh, that number. That's, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. I, I've been losing lost track of words. I can't say a sentence. I've been losing track of how many episodes I'm at right now, but it just keeps on going. Uh, for my 200th episode, I'm doing a little something special. I'll say later on. This is a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like secrets and surprises. That's good. Yeah. Another secret is I'm bald. So shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> ah, that's why we, that's why we kept the cameras off. Yes. That's why, yes, oh, okay, yeah. yes. Protect everybody's eyes. Didn't want to blind me. Yes, exactly. I am that kind of generous person. I don't want to hurt your eyes. Uh, <laughs> but today is not about my ability to blind people. Today is all about Kane's passion of music blogging. Now, before we jump into music blogging as a hobby, who is Kane? Wow, that's a, that's a deep question, but, uh, I think it's pretty, I don't know, pretty easy to answer, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm a, a music blogger, I'm originally from Ottawa, uh, based in Toronto now. I've been doing a lot of creative things since I was younger, you know, musician, photography, videography, writing, pretty much everything that's, what is it, right-brained, just kind of drives me through life. And uh, yeah, everything you can think of, I've probably dabbled in, um, including theater, stand-up, audiobooks, you name it. So I'm just a very uh, well-rounded and I like to I like to learn as much as possible, if you will. I could just imagine you just combining all those together at the same time. Just you know what, for the heck of it. And also, you said you're from Ottawa. I'm from Ottawa. There you go. There you go. Instant yeah. friendship right there. <laughs> instant. Well, I, I I kind of actually it's a bit of a lie. I, I'm I'm from Ottawa. I lived there for 12 years before moving to Toronto. But I'm actually a military brat, so I moved around a whole bunch as a kid. Ottawa was the last spot I ended up at. So, but just for you know, if I were to have a hockey card, the way I explain this is if I were to have a hockey card. And somebody's got to be like, pick a hometown. I would put Ottawa just because I was, I lived there pretty much half my life. So it's pretty substantial to me. It's got a special place in my heart. So. And now you move to Ottawa's nemesis, Toronto, when it comes to hockey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, neither team is my team. I'm a Habs fan. <laughs> there you go. You're like, Montreal, I lived baby. here, but I'm like, eh, not so much. Anyways, yeah. hockey can be a topic for another day. We could talk about Kane's passion for hockey, but today we're going to be talking about music blogging. So. For music blogging itself, we were talking about this at the beginning of the episode. You say it's now your career, but what we're going to yeah. do, we're going to talk about how it was your hobby first. We're going to talk about everything before your career, how it is your passion from there. So how did you actually get introduced to music blogging? Honestly, it's, it's a little foggy. I'm going to be honest with you. I started the blog, at least I have like, you know, websites to kind of keep a checkpoint in my life, but I, I it was around 2014. So I was in like second year of university. and um, I guess that was kind of where my love for music discovery sort of sort of hit like a wall where I was just where I realized there was something more I could do with it because I was always having friends, you know, approach me like, hey, what's something good? What's something interesting? And, you know, this is back when iTunes and CDs were still kind of the bulk of things. So people weren't streaming and using algorithms and stuff. So I was like, you know what? There's, I have all these people coming to me for music recommendations, which in itself was really exciting. I was like, well, let me make this more of a universal thing as much as I can. Let me just start a website. I'm going to put a list up of all the new releases that I can figure out and find for that, you know, Tuesday, New Music Tuesday back in the, back in 2014. And yeah, people can just have at it, you know, stop asking me, go to dustyorgan.com and (laughs) look at it and figure it out sort of thing. So yeah, it actually just, I guess if you think about it, it came from wanting to 
show people undiscovered artists or quirky bands or just music they wouldn't have heard on their own. Um, and that's kind of, that's always been and still is the, like the heart of this, this endeavor, we'll say. And you mentioned the website to go to, and it's a question I usually ask before this question. Do you have any projects, websites, or any social media links that you would love to share so people can come check it out? Yeah, well, honestly, um, dustyorgan.com is the hub. And then from there, I've got, you know, got a Twitch stream I do on Wednesdays, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube channel, pretty much everything now that I think about it. Yeah, so from there, you can find everything, of course. But yeah, dustyorgan.com. You can find me on all your favorite socials. So very easy to search. Napster, MySpace, MSN Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I if there was MSN Messenger still, I would totally use it. Although I do have a Discord, so that's kind of uh, I find Discord to be very, you know, MSN derivative. So except remember, remember they used to have the nudge. Could you just just nudge people like, oh, hey, yeah. new music coming your way? Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> hey, well, uh, yeah, I, I kind of do that in my Discord if people want to join. So DM me. Yeah, we'll put that down below in the description as well, so people can go check that out. Now, we've talked about your music as in blogging. So how would you describe your style of blogging? And also, let's say with that in mind, the music you like to blog about. Yeah. Well, I've always been, uh, it's a bit of a cliche, but I've always been one of those people that loves listening to to everything. Um, and even, you know, even when I started out too, I was, I wasn't very um, discriminatory towards certain genres or anything. Like if I, if I thought the sound was good, if it captured my attention, I would want to tell people about it. And back when it was still just a list, I did have a bit of a, you know, a bias towards mostly just like indie rock and indie pop and a bit of punk and hardcore because that was also my my bread and butter. It's always just been kind of a hodgepodge of styles and artists and genres and stuff like that. So that's always been really, really the same and the key to being, I think, kind of keeping people interested as well. It's never always just one style. There's something new every day on the website. Uh, I find that really important. And when you did do these blogs, did you do it on older songs or you like to tackle the new ones that just come out? Yeah. So that was the other thing too, just to keep um, you know myself sane and everything was always just new music. So whatever came out, I used to have a really, really, really tight window where it was like that week. If, if it passed, I was going to move on because there's a lot to look to. Uh, now it's about, you know, within a couple of months or a couple of weeks or so, but it is, you know, it is new music. So I, I, you know, I admire people that do reviews of older albums or they'll revisit stuff from a few years ago. And I think that's a really cool way to approach it. But I've just always been so obsessed with what's next and what's what's coming out like right now that I, I've just been so locked in on that, even from day one. And when you look back at the first blogs you've ever written and compared to the ones right now, how would you say your style has changed? Oh my God, it's laughable. You know, when you like look, because it's been what, seven years now. So like... <laughs> I, I, uh, I've made a point to like screenshot and look at, uh, keep all my, you know, every couple of years I'll take a screenshot. And actually funny enough, it's funny you say that because, um, before I had figured out how to do a proper domain and, um, sort of paying for hosting and all this, all this backend stuff, I was using like those free things like Weebly and Wix and whatever. So it was always dustyorgan.wix.com or whatever. I think those sites are actually still active. If people want to, have a laugh uh, at my expense. You can always, you know, check those out. But yeah, it just felt so, you know, it was actually more, I found that my writing was more personable and very simple and, and whatever, but I've always enjoyed describing the music. So that's always been something I've been 
very fond of with my writing is it's always very descriptive and trying to almost paint a picture before you listen or while you're listening. But yeah, just the writing technique has always changed, has, has, has definitely improved, I hope. And uh, it's just, and the aesthetic too, like it looks so much cleaner and everything like that too. It's, it's just very funny. It's like looking back at your high school essays, you're like, wow, I, I used to <laughs> think that was good. Holy crap. Like, wow. You know what? I'm in the same boat. I still excite produce, produce music. So my first song is still up on YouTube and it's cringy. The lyrics are cringy. And I'm like, this is where I came from. It's stupid. Yeah. But I'm keeping it up there because it's part of who I am. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I, I admire that. Like even that's why I, I still kind of keep those websites up too. It's just a reminder for myself of like, okay, look how, look at how far you've, you've grown and you've come because it's so hard. You know, people talk about this all the time where you have that kind of, um, very short-sightedness where you can only see like last week or the week ahead, but seven years is a long time. And to think that I was just some like kidney university putting up a list of songs for friends to check out. And, and now like I have, you know, 300 emails a day of people sending me music just to hear what I have to say. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so having those like little things kind of keep you grounded and like, okay, you know, like I, I got to keep moving forward and keep getting better. So this is like even smaller compared to what I've accomplished now. Now, this might be a pretty tricky question to answer, but do you ever look back at some old blogs? And because since music is very subjective, you let's say seven years, your opinion on a song could change because life experience comes into play. So do you ever look back at a blog saying, you know what? If I were to rewrite this now, I would have written it this way just because of the way I interpret this song. Yeah. You know what? I've had moments like that, actually. Um, not so much about how I directly interpreted, but more of my like influence on why I wrote about it. Because I, I found that, especially earlier on, like I was trying to get you know people on my side and grabbing attention and stuff like that. And I would kind of I would tend to cover stuff that I might not have loved that much, but I would kind of pretend to or you know amp it up a little bit so people would be excited, even though I wasn't necessarily that into it. So there's definitely some articles that I've written over the years. That if I were to go back, I probably would have learned to say no more and focus on some other stuff. But at the time, you're just excited that somebody wants to have you write about them or post about them. But yeah, that's the thing. I've, I've kind of become more, a bit, a bit smarter and more selective about what I'm going to curate. And, uh, you know, that takes time and learning how to say no and strategize and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that would be where I would, I would change is my my sort of where my influence was coming from and, and focusing on, on it being from me rather than external, you know, sources and stuff. Now you did mention, uh, people get excited when you write about them. Have you ever, let's say, reached out to one of these artists and they read your article or you created this bond based off of your, not article, but your blog? Yeah. I've actually had a few, um, what's really exciting for me, especially cause I was always like, even before turning this into a career and stuff like that. Like I've always admired people who worked in the music industry and I always dreamed of finding my way into there somehow and be like, wow, like musicians are so cool. I'd love to be friends with them and stuff like that. And uh, I've, I've made a few friendships out of, you know, either people in the industry or artists themselves uh, just because, you know, I covered their music and then I was like, wow, this person's actually pretty, pretty cool. And I would, I would definitely be their friend. Like, let's, let's hang out. Let's chat. Let's keep up. Um, which is, I think is the coolest part about one of the coolest parts about blogging, music blogging is the connections you make within the industry and, um, kind of feeling like you belong there and stuff like that. So it's great to hear that it's a very, let's say open community that it's not a, 
cutthroat. I could be wrong, but it sounds like the way you're integrated into it, it's very welcoming. Yeah, it honestly depends on, I feel like it depends on which side and which angle you're coming from. Of course, every industry can be very cutthroat, you know, um, especially in the entertainment industry in terms of trying to make it and stuff like that. But it's definitely one of those industries, especially in Toronto, at least. I'm not, I can't really speak for other cities, but for Toronto, it is a very tight-knit community and very welcoming support system here and stuff too because you're going to bump into everybody at concerts and and everything like that so everybody will eventually kind of you'll meet everybody if you try hard enough and if you go out enough um but they're always very supportive and excited and yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty great city for this and entertainment um sorry industry for it as well are you saying there's nothing in ottawa ottawa's boring wow you know what i'm offended <laughs> i am offended no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well <laughs> uh, yeah they got rid of all the good music venues. I, I remember there were all these really great venues and stuff. Like even, uh, oh man, I can't even remember what they're called anymore. Blues Fest? Oh no, Blues Fest is great. Yeah, I volunteered at Blues Fest for years. I got their 10-year plaque and everything. But, oh, Ritual, like all these clubs downtown that used to host a lot of shows. There was Ritual, Zaphod's was really sick. I know they've, they've rebranded and stuff. Babylon, like all these spots just kind of were there. And now it's like you have the Bronson Center, you have the 27 Club. And maybe one or one other spot if you're lucky. So there just isn't that much like um, support and uh, inf- infrastructure in Ottawa as much anymore, unfortunately. When I first started, I remember I'd be trying to be going to see shows quite often, and more bands were passing through. I feel like that's that's changed almost in the last five, six years or so. You brought up a very interesting point: going to bands to see them live. So for you, do you prefer to listen to a song digitally to do your blogs, or do you like to go watch it live for the first time and then make your blog? Yeah, I've never done it. Actually, that's interesting. I've never actually approached it that way. I've always done it, you know, listen to the studio recording and uh, kind of go from there, just because that's generally what people are going to hear more, more often than not. Um, but the way that I've incorporated live shows into my into my work isn't so much about blogging about shows. I've tried doing concert reviews and stuff. It's, it's a weird it's a weird niche, I feel. Uh, but what I felt that people were always interested in are photographs. And um, I started doing concert photography not too long after, I think 2016, I started doing it. Dragon Boat Festival, actually, at uh, Mooney's Bay was the first, uh, pretty much anything to really give me an uh, opportunity to, to practice and shoot. They're, they're such a great organization. And uh, I was like, well, people like, I feel like a visual side is very important as well to having like this auditory and written side. So for me, the, the live show incorporation has come through concert photography while I try to keep the studio recordings and the actual songs and albums more for like written approaching and um, more of a written approach and sharing that through the website. So with that in mind, has it ever happened that you listen to a song in a band live and you're like, eh, it's okay. And then you listen to the digital one. You're like, oh, it's actually pretty good or vice versa. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, honestly, that, that, that does happen sometimes. It's very, very rare if the studio version is better than the live version. I find that's, that's almost harder to come by. But yeah, I think it happens at least once a month where you go to a show and you're like, wow, these people are amazing live. Like their sound is so great. And then you go home and listen to the album and it doesn't quite hit as much you're like it just feels flat almost um that happens that happens a number of times i wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head um but yeah it definitely happens sometimes here and there that doesn't really deter me i think if anything that's actually more credible i I would much rather a band that's better live than sitting at home on my headphones because there's just so many other factors at a live show that are 
are more exciting. But um, yeah, honestly, I, I, I kind of feel, I feel bad almost. If I was an artist, I would much rather be a better live performer than a studio uh, recording. And then the other way around, it would be kind of, I feel like I would be letting people down. Like they've paid for my record. They come see me live and they're disappointed. That'd be kind of tough. Sounds like a live show I would do. You just come? Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, he didn't even wear a hat. He didn't wear a hat. He's got <laughs> his bald head hanging on stage. Yeah, we, we hand out sunglasses at the entrance as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for you, when you do listen to these songs, what are some key elements you look for? Uh, that's a great question. That's a really good question because it really, this is such a subjective thing. And this is, you know, basically where music outlets and music bloggers kind of are allowed to let their subjectivity show because we all know music is subjective. It's such a subjective art form. And yeah, so for me personally, if anyone's listening then wants to submit, more than welcome to. But I always, I always feel really drawn to songs that have a certain energy and pulse to them, like something that really you can feel inside you. Um, and then that doesn't necessarily mean it's loud and angry. Like there's definitely been performances that are more stripped down and acoustic that have really rang through me that you can just feel in their voice and their, you know, their tone, their timbre, uh, the composition that just something about it really strikes it, strikes a nerve in a good way. And you can feel the performance. Um, that's pretty much my number one thing. And then the second thing, is it well produced? Like, do you have what it takes to, you know, make sure your voice sounds clean and the drums are balanced and the guitars have, you know, the right amount of effects or whatever it is. Um, just because there are like, there's a million songs every day. So if, if you can have that, that professional quality while having your own sound, it's, it's like the perfect combination, which is easier said than done. I always, I always feel bad preaching that because like, I don't produce music. I'm, I'm a musician, but I don't like write songs or anything, but yeah, I, I, I was, I'm always worried that there's like a God complex about me where I'm like, ah, oh, your music is not good enough. But I turn around and I couldn't do it myself, you know? But, um, yeah, that's, that's why, that's why you have me. I, I produce music. I, I endorse there what you, you say there. <laughs> so yes, your God complex. You. Now we both have a God complex. There you go. <laughs> but I probably we'll start, start our own so. show. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Zero views or two views. You and I, there you go. Yeah. two views. <laughs> and I'll send it to my mom. It'll get three views. There you go. And I'll send it to my mom and she won't figure out how to open it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck at the reviews. Yeah. And for you, this might be a really tough question, but what is the most interesting song you've ever blogged about? That one that like just hits you personally. Oh man, that's uh okay. Well, maybe not so much hitting me personally, but one of the songs that I still am very like happy I discovered and shared about, even if people haven't picked up on it. It's been a few years now. This was a uh, human sadness by Julian Casablancas and The Voids, I think from a few years ago, 2017, I want to say. It is this tremendous, like, eight-minute song. It, it dives into, like, philosophy and human uh, humanity and all this stuff. And all the while, it's just like this orchestral piece that feels very... It's like if you threw an orchestra into, like, a synthesizer and whatever. It has, has that, that much capacity and substance to it. And I still have it as one of my favorite songs of all time. And I was just sitting there. It's probably one of the longest pieces I've written because I would just couldn't shut up about it. It's like, I just, I can't believe it. this part happens. And he talks about this and blah, blah. And um, yeah, that, that was one of the moments where I was sitting down and I was just so excited about writing about this song. So I definitely recommend checking it out. It's called Human Sadness, if you didn't catch that, by Julian Casablancas. He's one of the guys from uh, The Strokes, if that name rings a bell. Uh, he's done some solo stuff and with a band. 
Yeah. And then obviously there's like smaller things that are more on a personal level where, you know, a friend puts out a song that I really enjoy and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to put it on my platform and hopefully get some more ears on it too. I, I've had a few friends that are in bands. They've since disbanded, but uh, this cool ska band from Ottawa, Suits and Tukes, they were good friends of mine from university and stuff. And I helped them with some press release writing and stuff like that. And I just loved covering their music and seeing their live shows. It's just fun to be part of the part of the experience as much as I could be without being in the band itself, you know. Um, so stuff like that is always really, really fun and rewarding. Now, you did mention that this one band you were just reviewing, you just kept on going and going and going. Now, I would imagine some of them, you take more time to write, some of them you can write in one sitting. So for you, how long does it usually take you to complete a blog? Okay, so this is this is a good advice. This is going to be a bit informative for people who, if they're artists or whatever, are looking to get pushed and published onto outlets and stuff. It really depends on how much I'm given. So for the most part, unless I'm like super on like a deep personal level, like intrigued by this piece, which happens, you know, once, like every thousand songs or whatever. Generally, uh, if, I write a, if I'm writing a longer piece, it's because I was given, you know, enough information about the artist, about the song, why they wrote it, what, what they were feeling while writing it, all the stuff that I like to incorporate. I like to almost have the backstory readily available for listeners to approach the song with new eyes and new ears. So that's why I really like it. I love it when artists send me a proper press release or some information about them or their music and then I can actually sit down and write. That doesn't always happen. Most oftentimes, if it doesn't happen, the song is either getting tossed on a playlist or in the trash. Or if it's a song that I am really rooting for, even though they haven't given me anything to write with, I will you know, just make something up and write a couple sentences just so it's, it's on there because I believe in it so much. So it could honestly range from like five minutes. I could write something, three sentences, listen to a song, boom, it's up there. Or I'll spend like a good 45 minutes to an hour really writing out this piece that I, I'm kind of like analyzing and stripping down. So it honestly really depends on how much I'm given and how much I can give back when writing. So listen, listen that's very important. If you're, if you're artists out there, remember, it's all about how much you give. If you can give enough, you'll get a lot back. Give it all. I, I Just believe in give that. it all. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is a thing in the music blogging world, but has it ever, ever, sorry, has it ever happened to you that you were just walking or just doing your own thing and you just, your ear catches this song and you do not know what the title is. You're like, I want to find the song, but you could not. And you just want to blog about it, but you don't know what the song title is. Yeah. Well, thank God for Shazam. Thank God for Shazam. Yeah. Honestly, that doesn't happen too often. Uh, not to be, this is going to sound very boastful, but uh, generally, if I hear a song out in public that really sticks out to me, I either A, already know what it is, or uh, or B, will, you know, Shazam it and, and throw it on. Generally, that stuff, I find that if I'm out in public and I really like a song, I look it up. It's actually normally from a couple of years ago, which, you know, is outside of my, my window. But the only, the only one that's really kind of happened is more at like a live show, like something small some small local show and this artist is there. I'm like really captivated by their, their sound and whatever. And I'll talk to them. I'm like, Hey, like next time you have anything new coming out, like reach out to me. I'll love to share it on my website and stuff like that. That's happened a few times, especially when I was starting out where I was like really digging for undiscovered stuff and, uh, just, you know, making an effort to go up to them and be like, I really like your music. Let me, let me share it if, as much as I can. Yeah. So that's probably where it happens more than rather than like over a speaker or some car passing by. And for you, what would you say is the best part about music blogging on a personal and an emotional level? Yeah, honestly, well, I guess like on a personal level, the the satisfaction that I get 
like intrinsically by being able to have something, have new music that I really enjoy on a regular basis because I don't know, I get bored of stuff sometimes and you're just craving something new, but you have to spend hours looking for it. And uh, fortunately, I have the time and the hours to put in to finding that song that's just going to be on repeat for the whole month. Um, So that's a really, that's like a, I'm almost doing myself like a personal favor every day is like being able to discover music that makes me that excited. But in terms of like now doing this full time and stuff like that, just being able to feel a part of this music industry in Canada and internationally too, like I have quite a few contacts and a bit of a following in the US and the UK, especially. And just being kind of part of this bigger picture of music discovery is like so cool. I've always kind of knew in the back of my head when I started it that it has potential to go this far. And now that I'm seeing it start to like really take off, it's like, wow, this is this is really cool. Like I'm I feel like I'm part of part of the music industry to as much as I can be at this stage. And on the topic of time, what is something you wish you knew when you first started? That you know now? Honestly, how to code better. Mm. <laughs> like, if you're going to run a website, understand how to, to like make a website. It's such a, it seems common sense, but honestly, kudos to like software engineers and computer scientists because like that stuff is, is hard. It's like learning a whole other language. They say that all the time, but it is, it is really tough. The other thing too is, is this kind of is really the bulk of, you know, your show with the whole hobby thing as well is like, don't take it too seriously. To, to the point where it stops being fun because I remember there were times where like I would just get you know kind of before I was doing this full time like where I would get bummed down because you know not enough people either read the article or followed me on Instagram or whatever like this and it almost it's there's they're, meet, they're like unimportant distractions taking away from like what you're trying to accomplish I feel sometimes so just being having a stronger sense of personal in, uh, importance in what I was doing and being able to keep those like insecurities a bit further away from me. Um, I think that would be, and that goes for everybody, I think too. I, I think we all struggle with that, with, especially with social media being such a prominent thing with everything, creative, fun, uh, traveling, uh, cooking, everything. Like everything has to be this high grandiose uh, spectacle and being more conscious of how silly that is at an earlier time in my career or hobby and career, whatever, would just be, you know, very helpful, I think. Now, on top of that, would you say that was your biggest challenge starting off or did you have another big challenge that just put a little hurdle when you started? Yeah, well, that's always been and will always be a challenge, I think, is, um, you know, making enough noise in the algorithm void that people start to really care about what you're doing. But I think uh, with that aside, because I think that's everyone's kind of challenge, it's, that can be applied to pretty much every industry. Uh, but for me, what was really challenging was finding time to devote to the website and and balancing that all out because one this was a hobby when it first started out like 2014 2015 i was doing my own research and looking at bands and whatever like i was spending time finding stuff and after a certain point it got to this i don't even know when i i could not even tell you how this even happened but after a certain point people started sending me music and more and more and more and more and and meanwhile i'm working like three jobs while in school and I'm like trying to find the time to go through everything and pick stuff. And that's still hard for me to do, balance it all out. But um, yeah, just trying to make time for everything and and prioritizing certain things over other things that's kind of keeps you organized and motivated. Yeah, it's a it's a good, it's a good, it's a good problem to have, I think, having all this music my way, but at the same time, it can be very 
um, overwhelming. And for you, what would you say is the most stressful part about music blogging? Yeah, other well, other than keeping up with emails, kind of flood in every every day. The other stressful part is um, the other hardest part about blogging is making sure that I'm not taking over what the artist is trying to say in their music. I think that you know that even goes for like interviews and stuff like that too. Like you always, I, I never wanted to make it about me. Like I'm not blogging about my day, and this is a song that I heard during my day. It's it's like no, no. This is the reason why you came here. It's this artist. They're trying to show you something. They want you to enjoy it and understand it and find some interpretation. And I guess a hard challenge sometimes is finding that that nice balance of you know of me being a music blogger slash music influencer, if you will, um, while also keeping that separate from what the artists are showing you and what the artists are trying to trying to share with the world and just keeping it as true as possible to them. I think can be, it can, it's not, it's not a overly bearing challenge, but it can be, you know, it's definitely something to keep in mind and uh, that I keep, you know, in my back of my head when I'm writing and stuff like that, or, or planning, you know, new content or whatever. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like when you try to blog about new bands and new songs, you try to interview the artists themselves because listening to it can be subjective. Like you said, it's music. But when you interview the artist, you get to understand what their true meaning behind the song is. So is that something you try to do every time you create a blog? You try to interview the artists? Yeah. Well, fortunately, that's the beauty of press releases and stuff is generally the band will kind of give a quote already, like some insight on the track. Um, and if it's not there, yeah, sometimes I'll make an effort to be like, hey, what did you mean by this? Or what's this, what's this song about? Like, tell me. Because even before I started music blogging and stuff, I was just so fascinated by how how anything could influence some person to make music and write about it and spend so much time. Um, so I always love, I'm, I'm just a very curious person. I just need to know, Some call me nosy. I like to just know what's going on and what people's heads are thinking, uh, especially with music and stuff like that. Um, so I do, I do try to make an effort to, to know what they're singing about and what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say interview. I've done interviews and stuff with artists before, but for the most part, like I definitely try to reach out and find the answers for people to read about later. Now, I don't know if this is a faux pas in the music blogging world, but do you ever, let's say, go look at other people's reviews or say a YouTube video and go down the comments? Because sometimes in those music videos, people really dive into what it might mean just to expand your thought process on creating these blogs. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I, I, don't, I don't think that's so much of a faux pas. It's like every art, like you're, you're going to take influence from other people, uh, either whether you know it or not, like you're going to be, you know, inspired by something. And um, I like to just see what other people are thinking. Sometimes I'm excited when somebody else agrees with me or, um, you know, annoyed that other people are so excited about something. And I'm like, what is this so overrated? Like, ah, it could be a bit of a music snob or whatever. But yeah, sometimes I, I like, you know, the needle drop, Anthony Fantano is so good at what he does. Pitchfork has its strengths as well. Um, even Exclaim too, like they're really good Canadian outlet. Some of the reviewers are really talented and I like to just kind of see what angles people are coming from on certain releases and albums and stuff like that too. Well, especially albums actually, just because they're such a larger uh, piece of content that it can be hard to get everything. So I like to see where, what other people picked up that I might've missed and try to bring that into my writing um, too. So I wouldn't, yeah, I'm not like a ashamed or nervous about, you know, doing stuff like that. I think everybody borrows from everybody. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's helpful. It is, it is a very helpful trick to do. 
Now, another question that just popped up in my mind. For you to create these blogs, how many times do you listen to a song? Is it just like once you're like, this is all I need? Or maybe three, four, five times to just get a better understanding? Oh, definitely. Yeah, like I definitely go off of like the one listen, maybe two if I'm deciding if I like it or not, that first stage, that first step. And then once I've decided if I'm going to write about it, I re-listen to it at least at least three or four times, maybe even more, just so I can really pick up all the layers of instrumentation. If I'm unsure about like the lyrics that they're trying to trying to say, or or if I just really like the song, I'll just put listen to it while I'm writing about it. But yeah, I definitely I'm getting those I get those streaming numbers up for those artists so fast. Like I'm like ten listens in the first hour, <laughs> just because I need to hear it over and over and over again, just get a good picture of it. So yeah, it's it's uh it's it's definitely part of it. I've there's some songs that I'm sick and tired of now because <laughs> I've just listened to them so many times. Even before, by the time I'm done writing, I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear this anymore for at least a week or a half. And you listen to it again the next day. <laughs> You're like, ah. Oh. oh, yeah, this is so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome with music, yeah. And this is a tough question, but what are some misconceptions about people who do music blogging? Um, Yeah, that's a, that is a bit of a tough one, but because I, I, honestly, I, I feel like music blogging and music journalism uh, is such a niche thing. Like it's almost, it's one of those things that you don't really, you're not really aware of until you're kind of in it. Where even before, like, you know, I searched through websites like Exclaim or Consequence of Sound and stuff like that. And I didn't really know anybody's names. I just saw it as this like entity that was just popping out content or whatever. Um, but now that I'm kind of part of it, there, some people have asked me some questions and, you know, had some curious ideas about things that like that what I do. One of the most common, I think, misconceptions is that we just kind of just like listen to music all day, like sit around just like listening to music. Like you actually have to, to do a good job, you have to think about stuff. You have to spend time writing and planning things. And it's more than just listening to music. Like one of those things, actually, it's kind of where I, I envy some other people, some other work styles where, you know, like you're sitting at your desk all day writing, but they can just have whatever music they want playing um or podcasts or they can just listen to stuff willy-nilly but i spend my day listening intently listening to music for like hours so it's it kind of takes away a bit of the fun in, in a sense but I, I still enjoy it people think we're just listening to music it's like we're listening to music but on a much stronger and more intent level i think otherwise i wouldn't have anything to say i don't know why but when you're saying that some people let's say they're writing a blog about a song, but listening listening to a completely different song. I just pictured somebody listening or writing about Metallica and just listening to, I don't know, like Barbie Girl. I'm a Barbie <laughs> Girl. I'm like, if it works, hey, that works. That's, that's some skill to get yourself in that zone to listen to that song and then have a completely different genre. I was listening to Barbie Girl, getting myself amped up for this interview. How did you know? <laughs> Yo, it's the go-to song for everybody. Every, it's so great. Every time before I do a podcast episode, I do the full dance. And like, uh, uh, come on, Barbie, let's go party. That's me. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Totally unrelated, totally unrelated story. But uh, one of my good friends and I, we traveled around Portugal for a few weeks. This was like years before the pandemic. And we were driving around and we had put on that Aqua album while cruising down these like gorgeous valley filled highways at like 200 kilometers an hour, just listening to Aqua, just singing along. And uh, yeah, it's, I love that. That whole album's fantastic. You know what? I'm the same type of person. When I go driving, I'll play any song I like. If I'm in the mood for that song, I'll play it. I don't care who sees me. Oh, yeah. I'm in the zone. Barbie girl, you know what? I'm going to play that tomorrow. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> I saw, I, where was I? Was, I was down on Bloor Street or whatever the other day, and uh, this car drove by, and they were just 
blasting the Grease soundtrack <laughs> in the middle of the day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not just crank some Johnny, Johnny Travolta? That person is just living their best life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And this is a really tough question as well, but what has music blogging taught you in life? Honestly, that this is going to be a very cliche, deep answer. But for me personally, the fact that I'm, you know, now seven years later, able to do this as like my full-time job, the entity of music blogging has taught me that, you know, you can really accomplish things that you want to do if you kind of stick it out. You have to be patient. It's taught me a lot about patience, really. Um, because like when I, when I started this music blog, it was just kind of a thing to just share music. And then it slowly became this direction that I was like, oh, maybe this is my in for the music industry. Maybe I can, I can use it as like a resume. And, you know, I applied for different schools and stuff. Like I applied for the radio and television program at Ryerson right out of high school, got rejected two years in a row. I was like, okay, this isn't going to be my thing. Uh, I apply, I've applied for like, I don't know, like three, two, 300 jobs in the last few years while I was serving just to like try to get these some more creative uh, style job, either like social media or marketing or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. And, but I always was, you know, patiently just working on my blog on Dusty Oregon, just chipping away, enjoying my time, listening to music, sharing music, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why am I waiting around for other people to give me the satisfaction of meaningful employment why don't i just do this myself and i'm going to feel so much better about it at the end of the day that this is like my creation my little baby and uh yeah it's just patience and just kind of pays off eventually i think if you keep going and i can also imagine that this was a learning process for you as in you messed up a few times i'm not saying you're imperfect you're perfect in my eyes but i'm saying oh, like it's, it's a learning experience so you learn oh, along yeah. the way and it leads me to ask you uh, it could be subjected to blogger to blogger but what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to music blogging well do's double check your grammar and spelling the amount of times i've just been half asleep or rushing through stuff and then the artist will like take a screen grab and share it on their stories and there's a typo in it i'm like oh no this is so embarrassing <laughs> oh my god this is so you just embarrassing. reach out to them hey can you delete that i'm gonna repost it so you can just tag that one again yeah and, <laughs> and after a certain point i was just like you know what i'm just gonna like it's happened it's happened too many times for me to be proud of where I, over the years i'm like oh damn it i misspelled the how the hell do i misspell the with five e's <laughs> yeah, or three H's or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. So definitely, definitely do check your work. Double check it. It, it applies to everything in life. And I guess the don'ts is, uh, one thing I hate is when people get very like egotistical and arrogant about about their work. It doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're, like, there's one thing to be proud of it and one thing to be excited about it. But there's a whole other thing where you just become like, you know, the whole God complex thing, like we were talking about before, like this like arrogant being that is better than everybody else. I, I this doesn't necessarily just apply to music blogging, but I think a lot of the creative uh, fields is don't be proud to a sense, to a point where you're not willing to work with other people or you're looking down on certain artists and stuff like that or uh, whatever. Like, even if I don't like a song, I will take the time, especially if an artist is the one directly reaching out to me, I will take the, the time to email them back, be like, thank you for finding me and sharing your music with me. I'm not going to be covering your song because. Blah, blah, and I give them feedback because a lot of you know people ask for that sort of stuff. So like I make a point to try to be as helpful as possible, even if I'm not going to cover their song. 
So I think one of the important don'ts is like, just don't be an asshole, basically. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing. Just try to be helpful. Try to be supportive. People are going to see that. They're going to want to help you and work with you later. They're going to, maybe that artist comes back like five years later is like the next Drake. And they're like, screw this guy. This guy's an asshole. But no, you're absolutely right. And it's, uh, it can be a friendly, welcoming community if you make it and you connect with the right people. And it's not always this cutthroat, like, I have to step on these people to get to the top. Like for me, for example, I'm, I'm good. At, once again, that God complex. Why, why do we have this now? So it's, uh, it's more that I am confident in what I do, but at the same time, I love sharing resources for podcasters and help them out because at the same time, I know that I'm not going to be able to reach everybody. Not everybody's going to like my podcast, but everybody's going to like this episode because it's you, but every, every yeah, other that's episode. Right. <laughs> But it's the idea that I'm not going to be able to please everybody. So why not help people that might please people that I might not be able to please? A whole lot of pleasing. Yes, this is a pleasing community. But yeah, I completely people understand. People pleasers. <laughs> yeah. The people pleasers. That's the club. That's the group club. Uh, so yeah, but back to you, the pleaser. Or uh, sounds so weird. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. Back to you. Oh, I, actually, well, actually, before we move on, I was going to say one more thing about that whole idea too, is like another thing that I've kind of, I've learned in that sense of, you know, keeping a community open and, and prosperous is, you know, the fact that there's, you know, y y everyone has like a favorite artist, but they're listening to, you're still listening to like 20, 30 artists a day on a regular basis. Like you can have a plethora of artists that are, you really enjoy. And there doesn't have to ever be one, you don't have to be that one perfect dominant, like end all be all of your industry or of your, your field. Like you can, you can be part of this community of everyone who's just doing a good job and enjoying it and, and, you know, making the world go around. Like I, I, I always get caught where I'm like, I need to be the, I need to be like the best thing in the world. Like this, you know, you get caught in that, that green eyed envy and you're like, well, why can't I can just exist in this space while living my life and doing my job and enjoying it. And people will kind of grab onto that. Like, I don't have to be the, you know, the Beatles of music blogging. Like there's, there's always more, there's, there's, people will find time and make time to check you out and stuff like that. You don't have to be their all, be all end all of their universe. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Look at it this way. You're an organ. A heart can do what a heart does. Lungs do what lungs do. Your brain, they don't do other things. Like your heart won't act as your brain. Your brain won't act as your lungs. And everybody has their own specific thing they're strong at. And you just got to work with that. Yeah, exactly. Now I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end because people need to go show you some love. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love people to come check out? Yeah, well, definitely go check out DustyOrgan.com. Everyone's invited. You can find my Instagram. Everything's at DustyOrgan. So Instagram's at DustyOrgan. Twitter's at DustyOrgan. Facebook, DustyOrgan Music. TikTok. Uh, even Spotify, if you search DustyOrgan, one word, you can find my playlist. Because I do make a lot of... That's the other thing, too, is like I, I, I blog as much as I can on the website, but I have all these playlists, like especially by genre. Um, that people can check out. My most popular one and my most favorite is called From the Inbox. So if you search From the Inbox on Spotify, every Monday I curate a playlist across genres, across styles, uh, just basically the best that I found in my inbox from the week of. Um, it's updated every Monday. There's an extended version that are for Patreon members if you want to contribute to the blog and keep it going, um, which has like double the submission, uh, double the track list. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Like it's all, doesn't matter what the style is. If it's good music, it's going to be on there every Monday. Um, so that's, it's called from the inbox. If people are curious, 
Well, from the inbox to the show notes, weird segue. I'm going to add that to the uh, description down below the show notes so people can go show you some love. And now for the last question, hopefully I can answer it correctly in coherent way. Do you have any questions for me about music blogging? Well, um, now that you've kind of heard me rant about it and stuff like that, <laughs> what is, uh, did you have any misconceptions about it starting out that you were before this, that you were kind of interested in? For me personally, I didn't have any misconceptions, but I was picturing how some people might have that one. You know how they have like film critics and they're always like, they say they're snobs. Of course, I don't believe this, but that was just like running in my head like, oh, this is a misconception. Does that happen for the music blogging community where people perceive music bloggers as, oh, they're music snobs who always don't enjoy the music the way I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I guess I forgot about that as a misconception. Yeah, I've, well, I, I haven't personally gotten that too often, maybe from my friends where they're like, just shut up, Kane. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely like, there's certain people that I, I follow on Twitter or Instagram or anything that I, I just feel like they, they're just so stuck on their, their ways that they, they won't even see, you know, why an album is good or why an album is bad even. It's like, you know, of course it's subjective to an extent, but like, you know, like that, I'm sorry, but that new Drake album, that one, that was that uh, Too Sexy remix that they did. I personally, I think that's one of the worst cover samples ever. Like that track is just so annoying. And that whole Drake album, this is where my music snobbery is going to show. So it's <laughs> not really a misconception. We are music snobs. <laughs> that whole album, I just, I, I was so bored with compared to his other stuff. Like it was not this end all be all record that the press and the marketing made it out to be. But people on Twitter and Instagram for the past few months have just been like bowing down at this release and i'm like why so maybe maybe i'm just a music snob in that sense where i can't love the new drake album as much as the rest of the world seems to be obsessed with it but uh yeah i know there's there's definitely moments of music snobbery that go around it's with any i think any if you're a critic of anything i'm sure there's foodies that are you know like oh i won't go to pizza pizza disgusting <laughs> like, I, voice, I love pizza exactly. pizza man yeah <laughs> Give me my Pizza Hut, please. Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this actually leads me to another weird question. I don't know if it's the proper segue, but when we grow up, we listen to songs and we love these songs and we build this nostalgia. Do you ever go back to a song and try to not necessarily blog about it, but just review it for yourself? And does that aspect of nostalgia kick in or are you able to just go at it with a neutral point of view? Yeah, I've definitely, there's some bands that I listen to all the time. Like I used to be, I used to be a huge Coldplay fan. Uh, when I was younger, like Viva La Vida or Death and All His Friends is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. And I still listen to that album on the regular. But what that band has kind of done the last few years is, you know, not my cup of tea. They've evolved, which you have to do, but, you know, didn't really end up in an area that I love. So looking back like, specifically on that album, uh, sometimes I'm like, man, like this is just so good. And like they were just at their best. I didn't even realize it. So from a more critical standpoint, I can kind of compare it even deeper. But I really try like the stuff that I, I have a handful of artists and, and songs that I listened to from, you know, years ago that I just, I'm, I'm able to completely separate or turn off my like music blogging, uh, music snobbery brain where I just, it's just like pure enjoyment. And, um, that's actually where like, you know, like I was saying before, like people get to listen to, if they're working at their desk, they can listen to whatever they want during the day. Uh, for me, like self-care as a music blogger is like taking time to listen to music that you just generally enjoy and just want to hear for yourself. So I, I'm able to kind of keep those those worlds separated because there are some songs that I, I really love that I, I know are just like, you know, guilty pleasure, you know, trash pop songs, whatever, that 
aren't really worth, I wouldn't spend time writing about because I don't need that type of coverage, but I still enjoy them anyways. And I'm still going to listen to them and, you know, sing my heart out in the shower. See, you always have my curiosity throughout this entire episode. I've been so curious to ask many, many <laughs> questions, but I swear this will be my last one. Cause I gotta, I gotta contain myself cause I can go on for a while, but Okay, it's a two-part question. Let's make it two parts. That's okay, fine. Two, yeah. two last questions. Just draw it out, just draw yeah. it out as much as you want, Alex. Don't worry, don't worry. Just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Um, has it ever happened that there was a song that was so good that you were just lost for words and vice versa? Was there a song that was so bad that you just didn't know where to start? You're like, where? How do I start this? Alex, I'm going to start with the uh, bad news first. The bad news <laughs> is there's a lot of songs out there that are just so bad that I have to, I, I just don't know where to start. I, there's actually, <laughs> I, I can't remember who it was and I'm def, I would definitely wouldn't throw them under the bus. But I've gotten submissions in the past that I've, I've literally thrown off my headphones and stood up and been like, is this a prank? Like, is this, am I, somebody sent this to me thinking that this was going to find its way anywhere in the world outside of their, their computer? Like, what is this? Like, oh my God, I actually get sometimes so tilted by it. Um, there, there is music out there that exists to that capacity. We are like, wow, this, I you know, congrats on taking the time and sitting down and writing music, but please, for the love of God, don't share it with anybody else. Keep it to yourself. I could just imagine you just scrunching your face for like the good first, like 20 seconds, just like, what is this? Yeah. And then it's, it, then I'm just dropping my head. Like I can't take any more. It's torture. But on the, on the plus side is there's a lot of good music out there. And yeah, there's songs that I, I love that I just like get so envel enveloped by, uh, like that human sadness song I still listen to on the regular. I can't even, I can't even think, oh, there was this one, the song that came out like a year and a half ago called Somewhere by Gus Dapperton. And, uh, I had this playlist called the starting lineup and it's, basically like my top 20 favorite songs um new music right but i just kind of update it and it's always just 20 songs if i add a song something's coming off whatever and the song somewhere was on it for like a like over a year i just kept listening to it and i was like this is such a good it's such a fun song it just brings me joy like i get i just get so into it like the key i, I think it's the key and the chord progression or whatever it just works and uh yeah i was just I just couldn't stop listening to it <laughs> for over a year and a half. I, I think I only took it off the playlist like two weeks ago now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah. So every so often I just fall in love with these songs. I'm like, I just cannot get enough of this. It's, it was just, it's, which is like one of my favorite things about what I do is uh, just having that many songs kind of come up to me like that. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that song you just mentioned might've been the theme song to your life. Like if you were just walking down the street, like, yeah, this is my yeah. main theme song. This is my superhero <laughs> song. This is my song. <laughs> uh, it's a bit sadder. Oh, I think it's okay. more like a breakup sort of thing. But yeah, you know what? That also kind of works. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Happier song. My, my uh, Barbie yeah. Girl. Barbie Girl. There you go. Barbie Girl. Yeah. That, that one. <laughs> whenever. <laughs> it's funny you say that though, because whenever, uh, whenever I end my Twitch streams, I always like to put like a, an exit song. Like I'll just pick a, one of my favorite songs from the week and just like play it for 10 seconds while I'm saying my goodbye. And I just feel like I'm on a TV show. I'm like, yeah, this is my main character moment. This is the song that I'm dancing down the street to. Yeah. What's up? Goodbye, everybody. All right. All right. And, uh, it's fun just having those little moments like that. There's a lot of good songs. No, I feel like a jerk. I'm like, oh yeah, that theme song, your life. Yes. Yeah, the sad one. I'm like, the sad <laughs> just, one. Yeah. I just came out with this complete jerk. Like, oh, Alex is really friendly. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, I think I don't remember the lyrics that well, <laughs> despite the amount of times I've listened to it, but I'm pretty sure he's singing about like how, uh, you know, this person's moved on and they're somewhere else and with somebody else and whatever. 
Okay, let's 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 think it's a goldfish he's talking about. There, not as sad. That's still kind of probably flush it down the toilet. Now the goldfish is in the the toilet and it's down the pipes it's in the sewage. It smells terrible. It's probably oh rotting. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we just made this a visual disaster. Like people are like, oh my god, poor goldfish he became emotionally attached to this goldfish. Let's make it even worse. The goldfish was named Jeff. Jeff the goldfish is living in the sewers. I'm glad you said Jeff and not Alex. Are they going to say Alex? And I was like, that's too that's too mean. Actually, that'd be pretty accurate. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on and just going with my ridiculous imagination and keeping up with my ridiculous questions. I greatly appreciate it. And if you guys want to show uh, Kane some love, go check him out. I'll put all the links down below in the show notes. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. You could also show support on Patreon or even leave a review. All this is very helpful. And I have merch. You don't need it, but it's there. It's like there on the interweb. You know, that thing that was created a couple of years ago? Either interweb? Yeah, it's there. But what you do need to do is go show Kane some love. So once again, Kane, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I felt like the first time you said my name, like show J J Kane, other going to say Jeff. Show, show Jeff some love, baby. Show Jeff some love. Yeah, well, we can show Jeff the, the goldfish some love too. He's been living in the sewers, right? This is the most real goldfish I've ever owned. I've never even owned a goldfish before. And just Jeff Kai is like just already so popular. It's going to be in the back of your mind. You just, from now on for the next 10 years, you're just going to have this random thought of Jeff the goldfish living in the sewers. Every time I look at a toilet, I'm going to think of Jeff. Getting bullied by the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, but honestly, thanks so much, Alex. I appreciate you bringing me on here. And, you know, if you have, if anyone else has questions or you have more questions that you want, answer, like, feel free to DM me. I'm always happy to, to, you know, answer some questions. Say that one more time. So, yeah. Well, to answer those questions, I'll put all those links down below so you can reach Kane very easily. Not Jeff. Jeff is not reachable. Just, just to make it clear. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>